This week on Dueling Review, it's Star Trek Mirror War Number 0 from IDW Publishing. Following the failure of the attempt to steal ships from the Prime Universe, Picard and the Mirror Crew are called back to Earth to report to the Emperor personally. So long as they can survive the trip. We need to talk about some Star Trek stuff. Oh, this is the week of Star Trek here at Major Spoilers, because if you did not listen to the Major Spoilers podcast this week, um, you are missing out because, uh, number one, we talked about Star Trek versus uh, Transformers. And number two, you also missed out on listening to the Major Spoilers pre-show, which we bundled as part of the, uh, of the, of the show so that you could see what you're missing when you don't become a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoiler. So we're going to continue Star uh, Trek this week because uh, can you believe it? It was like a six-way tie for first place. And so I had to make wow. the executive decision that, well, Star Trek is one of the ones in the top spot, so let's do this. We are going back to the Mirror Universe uh, in, and this Mirror War in Star Trek. I think the last time that they did a uh, Mirror War storyline, Barkley dis- you know, uh, basically jumped his counterpart and decided to hide out in the mirror universe. And that's kind of what this number zero issue is all about is, uh, mm-hmm. the fact that they didn't bring any of the enterprise ships back with them from the prime universe. And now Picard is in trouble with the high command. And then at some point they do this really kind of hand waving off panel. Let's go grab us a Barkley and, uh, and wrap the issue. Yeah. Which Boy, I, I which that. probably is part of a regular mirror war story comic somewhere like a one or a two or a five or something. Uh, Unfortunately, we're Mm -hmm. in this time where, you know, all comics start with issue number one and then X amount of time into it. They're like, you know what? What if we did a zero issue that takes place before the events of number one? So oftentimes we see today that the number zero issue is actually issue 37 or something like that, but they just want to, uh, grew up uh, comic book shops around the world and their catalog system to make you think that it's something that came out first when it's not. So I have a feeling that that Barkley story is told somewhere else. It was a very puzzling moment in the comic where they're like, okay, we're going to have a big action sequence. And then they cut to the next panel. Meanwhile, after the big action sequence. Yeah. 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 That, that was maybe probably the most disappointing part of the uh of the entire piece but hey we get to go back into the uh to the mirror universe you enjoy the mirror universe do you matthew um i like it i feel like the mirror universe um concept the original concept was great i liked it when they did it in deep space nine Mm -hmm. but by the time enterprise was doing mirror universe stuff i was kind of over it hmm because, I mean, you get to a point where you have to reverse engineer everything. And in a world where people are being murdered, the odds of the same team staying on the Enterprise for months or years at a time when you literally kill your way to the top, it just seems like somebody would have murdered Riker long before this. I don't know. But, you know, that's always the complaint that you have. If you If you pull at a thread like that, the whole thing comes apart. So, I mean... In good faith, I can't be that guy. But yeah, I like I love the original Mirror Universe story with Nimoy and a you know a little uh, goatee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I didn't uh, dislike this story. Uh, you know, Mirror Universe, Mirror Mirror was you know a, a fantastic uh, Star Trek episode back in the day, and really opened up this idea about mm-hmm. what if what if Kirk but evil, what if you know Spock but evil, what if Uhura but sexy sexier. Um, 
-hmm. certainly get that going forward. And if it was only that time after time, if it was only what if Picard, but evil, what if Riker, but evil, what if data, but evil, that would get really old really quick, I think. But what I think that they've done and what I like about uh, at least this issue, and I don't know about any of the other mirror stories that are going on uh, currently in the next generation storyline. What I like is that we're getting more world building in this. We get to see that, oh, uh, all of these other groups have banded together and they're actively going against the Federation. And the Federation is the Empire, yeah. Yeah, is basically on the verge of collapse if they don't find a way to build up their fleet so that they can go and, and battle everyone else. And to me, that is the most fascinating part of this is that the empire is on its last days and, you know, there is some infighting, but you see these enclaves of people who are leaders like Picard, who are able to uh, gather people around him who are loyal enough that they don't want to stab him in the back. Although there is some mysterious person on the ship who's trying to kill uh, Picard in this, uh, in this Mm -hmm. issue. And so I, that's what I dug about this issue. Not necessarily all of the other stuff. Yep. So I have done a little bit of digging and you are correct. The part of the story that we don't see was actually presented in 2019 Mm. in the next generation Terra incognita miniseries. So this zero issue apparently is meant to let us see what happened on the other side of yeah. the mirror universe. Yeah. Uh, back in that storyline. So, yeah. Yep. I, I like it. I mean, the biggest problem that I have with this issue is the fact that, um, Jean-Luc Picard is a man in his fifties and throughout this story is built like Dwayne, Dwayne the rock Johnson. And I'm like, okay, He grew up in this world, but then I start looking at the builds of other characters and it really feels like we're getting a lot of superhero build rather than Star Trek build out of the characters. Yeah. And I I think that has putting, I think that has to do though. And I think Picard says it or something when he is, um, when he gets shot by the arrow, something about if I, if I don't work out and I, and I don't, um, convey this idea that I'm strong, people will, will perceive me as weak. And I think it is that survival of right. the fittest because so much of how you advance in the empire is by killing your enemy. So if you're stronger than your enemy, you will survive. So yes, it was a little kind of, if you put up a facade strength, even if you're weak, people won't attack you. Yeah. So I kind of dig the, the idea behind, you know, buff Picard, but at the same time, it does look kind of silly because I can't, yeah, I cannot imagine, I can't imagine, uh, uh, the actor, uh, actually being <laughs> Sir that, Patrick yes, Pat, Sir Patrick Stewart. I can't imagine him being big and buff like that in real life because every time you've ever seen him, he's always very slight. So, right. Yeah. He's not a big, broad man. And you know that, you know, when you look at the sequence where he and Wright, uh, go to San Francisco to what should be Starfleet Academy, but is actually the Imperial Palace. Yeah. I feel like, okay, so Riker is six inches taller than Jean-Luc Picard in the main universe. Sure. At no point in this book does it feel like that is true in the mirror universe. And again, you know, we complain about likenesses, and I complain. Picard has inserts. Yeah, go ahead. 
He has inserts. Does he? Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's I complain about likenesses, but in a lot of cases, it's not necessarily that the face doesn't look right or, you know, that, hey, this doesn't look like Brent Spiner. It's a question of this character doesn't seem to have a build or a body or even, you know, anything that implies Jean Luc Picard other than being super bald. Mm-hmm. Which I guess, mm-hmm. you know. That's that's it's really hard to do these alternate reality things and have something different to do every time. So I appreciate that they gave Jordy big transformer bug eyes, and I yeah. appreciate that you know Data is is like a gobot. I don't appreciate that Troy is a slinky slinky murder vixen, but you know it's it's the mirror universe. That's a, a something that happens in the mirror universe. Yeah, that's how a lot There's of. A, women are portrayed in that mirror universe. Yeah. I mean, Kira actually did a milk bath on screen in deep space nine. Oh really? Okay. Like literally, yeah, literally lying in a tub naked covered in, you know, this creamy substance that was barely covering her. And the actor, the actress was just like, yes, it was hours of murder because they had to put these little pasties on me so that nothing would ever show. And it was just, you know, I get it. I just don't necessarily like it because that's a 50 year old trope now, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of tired of the, the evil femme fatale. I understand why it's here. You know, it fits the story and I, I don't feel like it's a, a giant red flag or anything that I just don't care for it. Mm, mm, okay. Um, the, the one thing that it really kind of, I guess is off putting for me is not the, not the tropes or not the um, stereotypes of, of what you might expect from the leader, from, you know, the the sexy lady, from the other thing. I was really off put by the costuming because at some point costuming has to change, but the costuming still looks yeah. very much the same as it did in Mirror Mirror, at, at least as far as the aesthetic goes. And it doesn't look like it really has changed that much. And I was hoping for a yeah. little bit something different there, but it looks like everybody's still wearing a sash and everybody still has this kind of a, mm-hmm. a of a uniform and it hasn't changed in 50 years. And so, you know, it, it, it to me, that feels a r- rather stagnant. Uh, but then again, maybe because the empire has been constantly bombarded from all sides, maybe they haven't had a chance to, to advance. It's possible. I mean, we, you know, the, the Klingon Cardassian Alliance has nearly destroyed the empire at this mm-hmm. point, or at least knocked their territory back to pretty much earth and the earth system. But I feel like this is okay, but I also don't feel like I'm super thrilled. You know, I, I don't know any way to, to, you know, say it other than this is a well-drawn book. And I feel like, you know, nothing is, out of place, out of character, as always, you know, when you get a book that's written by the Tipton brothers, mm-hmm. they know there's Star Trek. Yeah, they do. They know there's Star Trek to the point where, you know, okay, we're going to rank this ship and we need to look for dilithium crystals and biomimetic gel and all these other things. And I'm like, yeah, these are all important references to, you know, moments in the book. And of course, one of the people on this uh, away mission is Ensign Sonia Gomez from like season three of next gen who was data or not data Jordy's girlfriend for a minute. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, she saved Riker's life. Yay. Ensign Gomez. And then she walks away. But yeah, I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I feel like there's a spark missing or something. 
Part of it, I'm sure, is that it is a zero issue. Yeah. And this is meant to be, you know, this is backstory. This is world building for what's going to happen in the upcoming limited series. Right. But I also feel like context, you know, when you say one extremely violent away mission later, you could easily put a Jim Shooter uh, asterisk that says, as seen in this other Star Trek comic. Right. Right. That I think might help. I don't know. It, it it it's not for me, certainly. I I enjoyed it enough uh, to as much as I enjoy Star Trek. Uh, I am not a huge I'm not a huge fan of Star Trek or Star Wars. Uh, I I like both. If you were to say, Stephen, would you rather want to watch a Star War or would you rather watch a Star Trek? I would pick the Star War. Um, but if you you know, if you were to say, oh, let me quiz you now on how big of a fan of the Star Wars you are. I would not. I would. I would be like, you must just be a f- one of them uh, fake fans that only say that you like the Star Wars. Um, but it's literally been part of my life since forever. Uh, just like Star Trek has as well. Um, I don't know why I don't have a big connection to Star Trek. Uh, it is a little bit more cerebral, which is good. It is trying to reflect society, which I think is good. Um, so that being said. I can't, you know, I can't say that fans of, of Star Trek will love this or, or fans of Star Trek will hate this. I think if you're a fan of Star Trek, you'll appreciate this. I mean, obviously IDW and, uh, Paramount would not constantly be going back to the mirror universe if it wasn't a fan Mm -hmm. favorite. And if there weren't stories to tell in the mirror universe, they wouldn't be doing this. So from my perspective, this is kind of a refresher to just kind of say, Hey, these guys have a way to easily get back and forth to Star Trek prime universe so that they can go and get a Barkley like you saw three years ago, uh, you know, so that they can go and try to steal spaceships like that may be part of this upcoming, uh, series. So from that point, I think that this issue succeeds in giving you that here's what you didn't know. And here's what's prepping you for things to come. So from that standpoint, I think this is a, is a very successful issue. I think if you're a fan of Star Trek, I think this is, especially the Star Trek comics, I think this is probably worth picking up. I'm kind of interested just to see, you know, what is prompting the war. I kind of want to highlight reel of this series when it's done, right? I kind of want to know all the beats. I just, I don't think I want to spend all the time reading all of the issues that are part of it. Even if it's a six issue mini, I think, give me like the, give me the TLDR uh, highlights of this is, is kind of where I'm sitting. So there you go. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Yeah, it's I mean, if you said, Stephen, if our dear, 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 dear listeners like uh, Jimmy or uh, who else is in here, Olin or Jimbo Fett or the Marshall is in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Nick is also in there this week as well. If all of you guys rallied and said, you know what, when Star Trek Mirror War number one comes out, we're going to make those guys read that one again. I'd be like, OK, no problem. I don't I, I don't have yeah. a problem reading this stuff. And certainly IDW and other publishers send us this stuff for free anyway. So it's not like I'm diving into my own, except for DC comics. Um, I have no problem, uh, just reading this. I I don't know if I am three 99 committed to reading this, uh, which is kind of where I'm at on that. So yes, if you were to give it to me and say, read it, yeah, yeah, I'd read it and I'd probably enjoy it, but I'm, I'm not a star Trek enough of a fan to be slavishly. Oh, I got to follow everything and know all of the things, uh, yeah, to really, to really embrace this, you know, wholeheartedly. And so, yeah. And Star Trek has a much broader 
palette to absorb. I mean, we're looking at what seven ongoing series and a cartoon and like nine movies. And whereas with star Wars, it's nine movies that basically tell the same three stories over and over. So, I mean, basically if you're not related to a Skywalker, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I say that, I say that tongue in cheek, but it is, it's easier to get into the canonical uh, movie star Wars material because there isn't as much of it. And that may be part of it too. You know, I don't know uh, when we get to a point where this isn't the first alternate mirror universe that I've run into. I don't think it's even the third or fourth. I mean, I've read a book where Spock took over the empire. And then of course we've had the deep space nine stories. We've had the enterprise stories. Apparently discovery did a whole uh, mirror universe arc. Yeah, that was Where the whole. Spock's that was a lot of the whole basis. Ended up being the evil girl. Yeah, that was kind of the basis of that first season of that, is my understanding. But you know, I yeah, didn't. I, I, I am not. I am not Star Trek enough. I'm not enough of a Star Trek fan to jump onto that Paramount Plus network to watch it. I'm interested in it. And if you were to say, "Hey, Stephen, this was on regular old broadcast television, or this was on a Hulu or something that you already subscribed to," yeah, I'd probably watch oh. it. But I'm. I'm not just. I'm not willing to pay for it, unfortunately. Um, and, and I know yeah. a lot of people are like, well, how dare you even talk about Star Trek anyway? I can talk about Star Trek. I, I watch it enough. I watched all the original series. I watched all the next generation. I watched most of deep space nine and, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, uh, the Voyager. And I got to see bits of enterprise when it first came out. So, you know, I'm familiar with that. I've seen all of the Star Trek movies. Um, and it's yeah. enjoyable. It's, it's good fun. Let, let me just say that Star Trek is good fun. And I think mirror war number zero is good enough fun for Star Trek fans. And so if you're into it, go get it. If you're not, don't bother. Yeah, I would agree. Marshall says he loves Voyager. Yeah, Voyager's a good show. Did Voyager, Voyager did some Mirror Universe stuff too, I think. I have no idea. Yeah, I, I really feel like this is a book for not just the fans, but the super fans. You know, the people who really, really love and want to dig into their Star Trek. And, you know, I want to know, first of all, who is the uh, fat comatose empire emperor? Is that Kirk? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I was I thinking tried to look into it to see if maybe it was Harry Mudd. Oh, I was thinking maybe it was Pike, but who knows? Yeah, Pike would be, uh, you know, and. Pike would make sense considering that Pike ended up in his, uh, yeah, just basically his, uh, a chair there. comatose guy that everyone else had to prop up. So it's mm, interesting. I have no idea. But yeah. I, I would say that if I were to recommend this, it would be to people who love Star Trek. See, love, Jimbo Fett love, is love, already love correcting it. us. Love He's saying that Pike was killed by Kirk. So see, Jimbo Fish. Fett is a bigger Jimbo would be the one that's yelling <laughs> it, at us going, you're not real count. Star Trek fans. It doesn't count unless you say I'm actually Jimbo. I'm sorry. I like that Jimbo Fett is such a Star uh, Star Trek fan that he is uh, his symbol is Boba Fett. So yeah, worst Boba Fett ever. <laughs> All right, so there you well, go, here, ladies and okay, gentlemen. Here's the here's a challenge for Jimbo. Jimbo, the biggest Star Trek fan in the room, find me the name of the emperor? of the comatose fat emperor. Yeah, and you will win no prize. Yeah. Or maybe you'll win a prize. Who knows? I think, uh, although I think you're probably, I can't remember if Jimbo's in the U S or yeah, not. So anyway, how did Jimbo Fett arrive here? Well, dear listener, we record this show live 
Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. You can adjust your clock based on your your location in your world uh, to, um, you know, to, to figure out the exact time you should show up. And then you need to come into our super secret Discord channel where you can hang out with all the other cool kids and listen to us record the show live and and talk amongst ourselves. In fact, uh, Jimmy uh, came on earlier and we did some trivia. I'll append that trivia segment to the end of this show so you can kind of see some of the things that you are missing. The only way that you can get into listen to this show live on Thursday nights is by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash major spoilers silver level and higher get you access to all of the uh, hidden channels, except for maybe the VIP live chat in which you have to be a gold level member and higher, but you want to come in and, and get access to our GM roundtable. You want to come in and listen to us record dueling review live. You want to come in and talk to uh, people about what's going on in critical hit a week ahead because you get access to that a week ahead then you can most certainly do it. And, and the, the reason why you at least want to become a patron over at patreon.com slash major spoilers, even at the $1 level, is because then you get to vote on the comic that we will review next week, Matthew. Tell them how it works. You go to our Patreon page, which will be easy because you're already a patron, patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. You will find a list and that list will say comics for what? September 14th, September 15th, 2021 coming out from the boom studios. It is um, Maw number one power Rangers, number 11 and seven secrets. Number 12 dark horse comics next week has a short week. They have Hellboy in the BPRD 1957 Family Ties one-shot. I've already got an advanced copy of that one. It's very good. Also, um, there is another Hellboy comic not coming out next week from Dark Horse that they had sent me that looks really good. Also, um, Savage Hearts number three and Witcher 3 Wild Hunt Gerald Manticore figure. That's 60 bucks if you want to pick that thing up. Dynamite Entertainment next week has Betty Page and the Curse of the Banshee number four. Invincible Red Sonia number four. That's when she finds out that her father is really evil and she has to go and, and figure out how to destroy him. Uh, also, Vampyverse number one and Vengeance of Vampirilla number 21 arrives next week from Dynamite Entertainment. IDW Publishing. IDW Publishing has Bermuda number three, Sonic the Hedgehog 44. And let's see. Oh, Star Wars, The High Republic Adventures, Monster Temple Peak number two of four. I don't know why it's called Monster Temple Peak, but that's the way it is. Image Comics next week has Deep Beyond number eight, Jupiter's Legacy Requiem number four, Primordial number one, Scumbag number 10, and Time Before Time number five. Marvel Comics next week has Black Widow number 11, Fantastic Four number 35, Fantastic Four Life Story number four of six. Ooh, Kang the Conqueror number two comes out next week. We're going to find out what he does when he uh, confronts his uh, ancient Egyptian ruler self. Marauders number 24, <laughs> Star Wars Darth Vader number 16, Star Wars Bounty Hunter Bosch number one, and X-Men Trial of Magneto number two. That whole X-Men thing is coming to an end, Matthew. That whole, uh, uh, what, who is it, uh, Hickman uh, mm-hmm. thing on the X-Men is quickly wrapping up here in the next, I think by the end of this year is when it wraps up completely. But will it wrap mm-hmm. up completely? Who knows? In no, all the rest no category. Nothing ever cripes up completely. Exactly. In all the rest category, we have Blade Runner Origins number six, Chess number three, Cherry Blackbird number two, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess graphic novel volume nine. That's a $9.99 uh, collection. Maria Lovett's Porcelain number two, uh, Nine Stones number two. Again, a very heavy person. 
Uh, Nobody's Child number one, White number three, and Yokai Watch graphic novel volume 18, also $9.99. I know what you're thinking. What about the DCs? We have not forgot the DCs. Next week, we have Batman Night Watch number one. That's a free issue over on Comixology. We also have Batman 89 issue number two. Oh, look, we get to see uh, Harvey Dent, and it's uh, it's good old uh, uh, Lando Calrissian in that role. I kind of like that. I really like that. Um, I wish they could have brought him back to, to be two face instead of, uh, cold 45. Yeah. Instead of what's his name. Uh, also Batman, the world is a graphic novel that has like 16 different stories about, uh, the Batman of, of, uh, many nations, but there's also a number one issue that is completely free next week. So you might want to check that out just to get a taste of what is going on. Lots of Batman stuff. Batman Fortnite number one, Detective Comics 639, an old reprint there. Future State number five. Uh, let's see. I am Batman number one. <laughs> I am Batman. Uh, also, The Joker number seven. The Joker presents uh, number six, the director's cut and number eight. And then we also have Pennyworth number two. Rorschach number 12, I think. Is that the final issue on that one, Matthew? Yes, I believe so. So there you go. You've got that coming up as well as Wonder Woman 779. What's it going to be, dear listeners? That's up to you to decide. Head over to Patreon.com. Cast your vote. I'll tabulate them up early Sunday morning. And then next week we will be back right here, Thursday night, 8 o'clock p.m., when you will hear Matthew say... Let me sleep on Let me sleep on This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Hi, got a Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm coming. calling you. I've already accepted you, Jimmy. Wonder who is calling me upon my If the delay is always on the user end or if there is a... If there's a, a longer delay just because of Discord, but Jimmy's here. Jimmy has some trivia Let's questions for us. Blame it on Jimmy. Yeah, are you able to hear me now? Jimmy's yes, we can hear you now, yep. Jimmy. Beautiful. You got some questions right. for us. Knock us knock us out of the park. Some of this character's villains include the Onion and Dr. Blemish, with the, the latter being the The Carrot. What was that? The flaming carrot. No, nope. With the latter being the nemesis of this character's friend, Professor Keenbean. His other friends include Freckles, Pee-wee, and his girlfriend, Gloria. This character first Who appeared in the Richie pages... Rich. Yes, Richie Rich is correct. Nicely done. This character like. never appeared on the cover of a comic book until 14 years after his creation by Mort Weisinger and Paul Norris, probably due to the fact that he continually appeared in the same comics as bigger-named heroes like Green Arrow and Superboy. He finally snapped Who the cover screen. Yes! Nicely done. Who's Aquaman? Who is Aquaman? Uh, I am Aquaman. You better not mess around. I also could have accepted either Orin or Arthur Curry. This character has an uncle named Arthur who lived in London. For a time, it was thought that a woman named Joyce Delaney was using this character's identity. In in the series X-Statics Presents Dead Girl, this character, along with Mockingbird and Moira McTaggart, can be seen in heaven as members of the Dead Sisters Book Club. During the events of the House of M, 
she does not die, but instead becomes a peace activist, with Mary Jane Watson playing her in a movie. According to the Sins Past storyline, this character has children named Gabriel and Sarah with Norman Osborn. Stacy. Yes, that is they correct. They just retconned that, actually. Oh, nice. This week. Yeah, it was a clone of Gwen who had babies with Gwen, or with uh, Norman Osborn. That is slightly less skeezy, maybe. Not really. <laughs> Yes, clone would be even younger than the 19-year-old girl she was supposed to be. Oh, goodness. That's a good point. Okay, that's worse then. This man's first work in comics was for the Twilight Zone comic book, although his first work for Marvel was for John Carter, Warlord of Mars. In the 1990s, he created the comic Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot, which became a short-lived animated cartoon. He also wrote the scripts for the movie RoboCop 2 and RoboCop 3. This Frank man Miller. Yes. I did not realize that he did Big Guy and Rusty the Boy Robot. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, he uh, Jeff, I think not Jeff Darrow. Yeah, maybe Jeff Darrow. I don't remember who did the art, but I only remember the artist. Yeah, that's interesting stuff. All right. Yeah. This He also did Holy Terror, which makes me mad. Yeah. Yeah, that one's less uh less exciting. That was the uh, one of the giveaway clues. I was uh, this, yeah, this character has a daughter named Bonnie Braids and a daughter-in-law named Moon Maid who was killed by assassins with a car bomb. He has another Ooh, son named... Tracy. Yeah, nicely done. First sentence. For a brief time period mm. in the na- late 1980s, this comic was converted into a weekly anthology that featured characters like Wild Dog and The Secret Six. This what comic could... Yes. In this character's first appearance, J. Jonah Jameson calls him the most newsworthy thing to happen to New York since Boss Tweed. This character's old acquaintances include Burt Kenyon, who saved this man's life and eventually became an assassin for hire. Near the end of his first appearance, Spider-Man muses that this man's problems make Spideys look like a birthday party. This man was born in Queens to Italian parents who anglicized their last name when he was six. While Who's serving the in Punisher. Yes. Indeed. The characters of this comic were introduced in DC Comics Presents number 47 when Superman came to their world. This comic was published by Who both are the D- Omega Men. Uh no. no. Masters no. of the Universe. I'm so yes. sorry. Yes. Yes. I had the wrong done. issue of DC Presents. I am always impressed how you remember specific issues and what happened to them. That is beyond me. Yeah, I don't know my wife's social security number, though. <laughs> well, you got to pick and choose your battles. Yeah, exactly. You got to know what you know. Lesser known members of this group include Richard Renslayer, who became the villainous overrider to eliminate all nuclear weapons to please his son, Carl Delanden, who became corrupt and was dismissed, and Gail Runciter, who once tried to flirt with Captain America. According to the Marvel Handbook, members of this group always carry a 20-inch garrote reel, a knife in their, bo- in their boot, and a thermite bomb in their belt pouch. Who are the Legion of what Substitute Heroes? Uh, Matthew is correct with S.H.I.E.L.D., <laughs> but I love the idea of the Legion carrying garrote reels. Right. Can you imagine Infectious Last trying to choke the life out of somebody? Yes, yes, I can. 
All right. In the Superman Super Spectacular, Superman recruits this man to pose as Clark Kent on his television program alongside Superman to preserve his secret identity. This man also knew Superboy, contacting him for assistance using a signal lamp. He met Supergirl when she arrived on Earth, urging her to fight crime and to preserve world peace. In Superman number 170, this man recruits Superman's help to promote a physical fitness initiative in order to close the muscle gap. Who is John F. Kennedy? Yes. That's what I was going to say, but I just couldn't imagine that it was a fake. I, I was going to say that at the first. Yeah, the very too, first one. Like, That's what I thought it was. Yeah. And then I was, I second we guess myself. There. Yeah. Yeah. And you were mad when we were, we covered that. Issue I know it was dumb. In uh, Legion Clubhouse. It was dumb. <laughs> in the past, this character entered a sharpshooting competition with his future nemesis, but they were both defeated by Sure Shot. This character was seemingly killed fairly early in his comic when his nemesis cheated in a video game duel. However, thanks to Ethan Zachary, he was revived and later adopted the new identity of Power Master. This character arrived on Earth. Prime. Yes, that is correct. Backed up his brain on a five-inch or three-inch floppy disk. <laughs> kind of makes you wonder. Yeah, it's a little bit of a simple brain. Yeah. Uh, this comic was first seen in the pages of a newsletter in the California College of Arts and Crafts. It has been published by such companies as Fish Wrap, Comico, and Fantagraphics. This comic's first stories saw the main characters battling a volcano god cult in Monkeys Violating the, he- the Heavenly Temple. Later stories saw the characters conducting an exorcism at the supermarket and finding a world totally ruled by children. In 2007, this comic won a Best Digital Comic Award for a web storyline called The Big Sleep. This comic also appeared in The Adventurer, the newsletter for LucasArts customers, which was appropriate because its characters may be best known for appearing in a 1993 LucasArts game that saw them investigating a missing Bigfoot. For 10 points, Who identify are Sam this. and Max Freelance Precise. Yes. yes that one done. took forever. Yeah, that forever. was. That was an obscure one. It's probably the hardest one oh. that's in this packet. I love me some Salmon Max. Nice. One more, Jimmy. All right. One more, uh, Jimmy. A character with this name appeared in a self-titled 1953 story by Stan Lee and Bill Everett, published in the comic book Menace. That same character who was... zombie. Yes. Nicely done. There you go. Oh, I love right. the zombie. Some good questions there, Jimmy. How many of those did you get right during uh, Trivia Night? Uh, I would have gotten probably about uh, a third to half of those right. Nice. 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 Very good. Very good. All right. Menace thank you. number five, by the way, was the first appearance of Simon Garth, the zombie. Nice. Thank you Tell guys very much for having me. Thank you. See yeah. ya.